Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 231 of the Mom Hour. I'm Sarah Powers here, as always, with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. We are no longer together in person. I'm so sad about that. It seems like just yesterday, but actually it was three days ago. And who knows how many days (laughs) in podcast time space. We've already gone down this road, Sarah. Let's not do it again. My mind cannot be that blown today. Let's move forward into October. (laughs) We are talking about fall and specifically what's on our tables this fall. Um, We're going to be talking a little bit about meal planning and dinners and a few other things related to fall food. And it's funny, you know, this is a topic we could revisit again and again. I was really inspired when I did my interview with Stacey and Megan from the Didn't I Just Feed You podcast. If you guys missed that, it was a really great, very encouraging, motivating conversation about feeding a family. And then I also caught a recent episode of the Girl Next Door podcast, and they were talking about feeding a family. And I realized You just really can't talk about this too many times because it's so interesting to hear about what other people eat. Yes, it is. And I also have to say, this is the kind of topic that like maybe 15 years ago, I would have been stressed just thinking about having this conversation. Um, But things really do change. Like the more you do it, the better you get at it. And then the more fun it is to talk about. So if you're in that place of life right now where like you feel like you bump up against dinner every day and have no idea what you want to make. And then you try to throw something together in like 15 minutes, which never really works about (laughs) the way they, those recipes say, and it's just a big stressful thing. Like that will pass. Like you'll get better at figuring out how to do that planning. And I don't know. And just having it be part of your day and a fun part of your day. That's something that I would not have seen myself loving talking about meal planning 15 years ago. Well, actually, when you when you and I first started working together, when I was having my third baby, you were really into writing about these kind of home management and a lot of food related content. And I was in that place where I was like, I I don't have a meal plan. I don't have my head on straight. So I don't have a plan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can barely have a meal, let alone a meal plan. Yes, I know. Well, and and fall really does just I think like 
make us all aspire to do a little bit better. Um, we're, we're well into fall now. So the school schedules have settled in. We kind of know what's what uh, with the fall schedules. And so I think it's fun to talk about what we're cooking, what we're making, and also what we'd like to cook and like to make. I have a lot of, uh, there's a lot of aspirational exactly. uh, points in our outline today. It's not, a, we're not doing it all yet. <laughs> Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor, Factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah. And for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle, whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code MOMHOUR50 at factormeals.com slash MOMHOUR50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from our place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the Forever Chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. All right, Megan, we're back, and we're going to go kind of quickly through these, these questions to just take the pulse of where we are with food this fall. So I want to ask you, what is the yummiest meal you have made recently? Okay. So I actually went off the script a little bit. I feel like I've gotten into this routine where I've been making kind of the same, like five meals over and over. But a couple of weeks ago, I made a pork tenderloin with the brown sugar and mustard glaze and sauteed pears on top Yum. with like a little brown sugar and butter in the saute. It is one of my favorites. It's so easy, but for some reason, pork tenderloin sometimes falls off my radar. And I think it's unlike a lot of the other meals I make, pork tenderloin has to be kind of monitored a little more closely. Like mm -hmm. a lot of the meat I make, it's literally you throw it in the oven and leave it in as long as you possibly can at as low of a heat as you can, you know, manage the timing with. And 
like with pork tenderloin, you have to sear it and then watch it. Yeah. It's really easy to overcook. Yeah. Um, and it's gross it's so when it's good. overcooked. It's gross. It's like, remember the way we grew up eating pork when everyone was super paranoid about pork? Yes. And it had to be cooked within an inch of its, well, way beyond inches yeah. of its life. So um, I love pork tenderloin. It's easy. If you get the pork on sale, it's relatively inexpensive. Yeah, it really is. Um, I will throw out there just for people who aren't as comfortable making meat uh, yet that it took me a while to realize there's a difference between a pork tenderloin and a pork loin roast. Yes. They're not always marketed very clearly and there's a huge difference. So if you're making a tenderloin recipe, it's the skinny long tube of meat. Like an eel. It is. It's kind (laughs) and sometimes it's separated. Like sometimes when you pull it out, it's actually two like eels that are flopping around together. And sometimes it's just one. Um, sometimes it's tied up. Sometimes it's not. I found it all, all kinds of different ways, but you want a skinny, long meat tube. Do you remove the silver skin? Not religiously. But you we'll know what talk I'm talking a, about? Yes. We will talk in a little bit about my knife situation, okay. um, which is not ideal and has been really bad. So I don't always, but like, I find it a lot easier to get off after it's cooked. Oh, interesting. So sometimes what I'll do is just cook it and then I can kind of see mm-hmm. where it doesn't look so good and like take that off. I find it really hard to get off unless my knife is super, super sharp before I cook. But honestly, it's one of those things like it's not a hill I'm going to die on. Yeah. What about you? Do you take it off? If I deal with the raw pork tenderloin myself, I do. Cause I, you know, I read somewhere that how to do it and that you're supposed to. So I do it, but I really, I am still kind of skeeved out by. You don't like raw meat. I don't. And some yeah. raw meat is better than others. Like ground meat doesn't bother me. It feels like with ground meat, I get my hands messy once and then I wash them. The extended contact with raw chicken or raw pork. I just, I, it's, I just need to get over it. It's not even like, I'm not worried about germs and bacteria. Like I wash my hands really well. I just don't enjoy it. And, and okay. I'm very spoiled because my husband does. Right. So you don't have to, <laughs> but what that's really interesting because I am the opposite. I get really skeeved out by touching ground meat. First of all, because I know that by nature, ground meat is way more apt to be spoiled by mm. things getting into it yeah. because it's by, pro, you know, by nature of having been processed. But also like it gets under your fingernails and stuff. And I feel like so I get I'm a messy person. So I'll have like I'm making a meatloaf and like hunks of ground beef are flying around my kitchen. I just find the whole thing extremely unsanitary. But here's something to try. Do you have one of those? I honestly don't even know what you call them. They're like a big they come in like your knife block and it's like a big fork, like a oh, big yeah. two pronged mm-hmm. fork. Yeah. Sometimes you can use that or a good set of tongs in lieu of your hands yeah. and still cut. I mean, there have definitely been times I just wasn't having it yeah. and have not touched meat with my actual hands at all and have trimmed fat or silver skin off. Yes. It's possible. Yeah. And I, I am experienced enough to know how to do it and I will do it, but it's funny that I, I do kind of avoid it. So. Well, next time you want to make like raw chicken or pork, I'll come to your house and handle it. And okay. then next time I want to make you know, hamburgers or meatloaf or whatever, you can come over and play yeah. with the ground beef or turkey in my house. How's that sound? It's a deal. A very Whoa. long distance arrangement. <laughs> <laughs> that will never actually happen, no. but. Um, yeah. Okay. So the yummiest for me lately is I have been really into making curry at home and I've always loved eating curry out. Um, but my sister actually showed me like the easiest, easiest, not even a recipe for making curry at home. And it's just a whole bunch of curry powder um, some soy sauce and a can of coconut milk and that's it. So I think that gave me the confidence to try then a couple of curry recipes and kind of pulling a little bit from the recipe and then just, um, you know, experimenting on my own. But basically if you have enough curry powder, that's the main seasoning. I know that sounds so obvious, but it wasn't to me. I have never made curry. 
I am feeling very inspired now. I've literally, I think it's one of those things that feels so exotic. Like I would get it elsewhere, but it never occurs to me to make it my own home. So my sister who will be listening to this at the time, I'm pretty sure it is one tablespoon of curry powder, one tablespoon of soy sauce and a can of coconut milk. If you want to do like the easiest, easiest. And then I have since looked up some other recipes, uh, but I just think I thought it was more complicated than that. And the key is the can of coconut milk, which is so kind of indulgent and delicious. Trader Joe's has a reduced mm. fat coconut milk if the because it can be pretty heavy, um, but it's such great flavor. And so we've done it with chicken. We've done it with shrimp. We even had some scallops we did in a curry and then I'll serve it with mm. rice. And I don't know. Yeah. So that is and, and it's so good with leftovers. Like you can put lime and cilantro in there. I can put like almonds over the top like you can. It's more versatile than you think it is. And it's such a yummy flavor. You know, let's talk about shrimp for a second here. Let's it's do. totally going off. <laughs> I know the uh, outline shrimp is a very underutilized thing in my house. And every time I think about shrimp, I think I need to have like a bag of frozen shrimp in my house at all times because you can add it to anything. You can make shrimp tacos, pasta, and it makes it like it elevates it a little bit and it's cheap. And it, um, it thaws really fast. So if you're doing a lot of frozen, I'm going to get into in a minute. A lot of our proteins are frozen right now and some things take like two years to thaw out and some are really fast. Shrimp is generally very fast. Uh, my go-to for frozen shrimp has been Costco. Um, okay. And so if you guys, if anybody out there is a Costco shopper, um, the big blue bags where they are tail on uncooked, but you okay. can even get cooked shrimp. I mean, anything like cooked or uncooked, tail on, tail off, like it's affordable. Yeah, I like shrimp. I love shrimp. And uh, I would also like to learn how to make like, I know, I know probably this already happened in the West Coast like 15 years ago. But around here, it's very popular for restaurants to have some kind of bang bang shrimp on their menu. I don't know what that is. It's like spicy, crispy shrimp. Okay. It's usually on the appetizer menu, but it's like you scoop it up with a spoon and, you know, it's like like kind of creamy, kind of mm. spicy, kind of crunchy. Okay. And it's just delicious. Like everywhere I go, it's always a little bit different everywhere, but it's just really, really good. And uh, I just think to myself, I could throw that on some rice and the kids yeah. would just devour it. I mean, yes. Okay. So sorry for the detour, the shrimp tour. No, that's okay. <laughs> the shrimp boat detour. Um, yes. I think the lesson here is that someone else's simplest meal ever could become your next big thing. So that's why that's we do so these smart. episodes. Yes. Um, okay. So now a little twist on this question. What would your kids say is the yummiest meal or the best meal you've made recently? And I can go first. And first I have to say, well, they wouldn't say it was something I made. They would say <laughs> it was something that Brian made, but we actually had friends over a couple of weeks ago and, um, we made barbecue pork sandwiches. So we got really nice, like soft white buns as my kids would call them. So like nothing whole wheat, like just really good hamburger buns. And we made like a tangy coleslaw um, and then it was barbecue, like pulled pork meat, basically. But here's the secret. I know you're going to talk about pulled pork, too. And you have been at my house when Brian has made uh, pulled pork. He loves to yes. make it outside and just like smoke it forever and ever and ever and cook it really slow. Well, this actually we've been using butcher box for our proteins. And I'll, I'll talk about that more in a little bit. But this time we tried a couple of pre-seasoned actually pre-prepared. That's not their main thing. Most of the proteins we get from them are raw and we do everything ourselves. But on a whim, Brian tried their barbecue pulled pork and it's it's already done. It's frozen. You just thaw it, but it's seasoned and cooked. And so the best thing that our kids, the the yummiest meal our kids have had in the last month or so was totally pre-prepared pulled pork. I love it. I love it. That's amazing. It was really good. And it was like, why isn't ours this good? What is it? (laughs) I think there was more sugar, more sugary barbecue. And I just feel like, makes everything taste better. 
It it does. Unfortunately, that is very much the truth. <laughs> yes. So how about you? What's what would your kids say is the yummiest? They would definitely say my pulled pork sweet potato hash, which I've talked about on the show before. They cannot get enough of it. Um, so what I'll do is make a pork shoulder. Sometimes I'll do a pork. So it's just very confusing. This is one of those cuts of meat that's a little tricky. So there's pork shoulder and pork butt, which are not always the same. I but like, I guess sometimes are. So they're not. And I thought they were too. But if you if you look, the prices are always different. Okay. And the pork shoulder butt is how it's referred to is always huge. Okay. Whereas the pork butt is smaller and looks a little bit leaner. So I almost wonder if the pork butt is like a smaller cut of the same cut. Maybe. If that makes sense, like a more lean. I don't know what there is a difference um, because I've noticed like the last few times I've gone back and forth, depending on which one was on sale and blah, blah, blah. And when I get pork, butt, it's like a three and a half pound, you know, it's like a manageable size cut of meat mm-hmm. and it's very easy to get um, to cook down and all that. And it's great. But if I do the pork shoulder, it's like nine pounds. Yeah, that's I it's feel enormous. Like what, that's what maybe Brian's done before. Yeah, but we always so, call it a butt, and then my kids make butt jokes all day. Well, yes, I was at your house when that happened one time. But that one <laughs> is called a pork shoulder butt, okay. and I think it's one of those things where it's like interchangeable. So I should like consult a butcher before I start talking about this stuff. But anyway, what I'll usually do is make all the meat the day that I have the longest because I cook it for like six to seven hours. So that's like a Sunday thing, and then I make it several different ways. And what I've found is if I wait for the last day to do it so that would be Tuesday mm-hmm. to make it as the hash. The kids are like, this is the best you've ever made. And often I will um, serve it with pancakes on the side and then like over medium eggs on top. That is so delicious. So it's really, really good. The kids, but I would like to not make the same thing every single week, week in and week out. And yeah. the way that I do the pulled pork takes so long. It's not like hands-on time, but I have to be around. Like I have to be around at the right time to get it in the oven and I have to think about it. So, I mean it's becoming a little bit of an issue. I just remembered that I actually sent, I typed up like a super simplistic version of this recipe to send Isaac. Um, oh, that's right. You told me that. I should put that someplace. Like maybe not in the show notes, but maybe on their own. On our blog. page Because it's like a page and a half. Yeah. On yeah, the blog. On the blog. Good idea. Like the olden days. All right, days. we'll do that and we'll link to it. Like the olden <laughs> days when we had a blurg. Yes. <laughs> that sounds delicious. I'm almost wondering if your kids would also like, like if you took, if you did some kind of a uh, crock pot chicken to where it shredded down, but instead of making the pork, like kind of barbecue-ish or whatever seasonings you could do like Mexican, it's like shredded chicken that then could become tacos or nachos, or I feel like it has the same versatility. Yeah. So we do that with the, the, I do not do barbecue when I do pulled pork okay, ever. I don't so like, could... I do not like barbecued flavor whatsoever. I like spices, but I hate barbecue sauce. So what I usually will do is make it pretty mild at first. And then one of the meals will be like Mexican. Okay. So usually tacos or something. Yeah. And then, um, and then typically that's kind of what the season, the, the, what is it? Flavor profile yes. I use for the hash as well. And then sometimes there's enough Often there's enough for like a third night and that's when I will just serve it with rice and a veg. And then if the kids want to put barbecue sauce on it um, and put it on a sandwich, they can, but that's their prerogative. Right. I want no part of that. Excellent. Because again, I do not like barbecue sauce. Something about the blend of tangy, sweet ketchup and whatever else is it. It just, I don't know. Not a fan. Not a fan. I like, I am very, I like a little bit of barbecue flavor sometimes I'm, I'm selective about it. And actually growing mm. up, I never, I hated all barbecue flavored things. So it's only recently that I've come into some of it. Um, okay. So next question, what is something you always make when the weather turns cooler? Um, pot things. So two that came to mind are chili and beef stew. 
So various one pot items. Um, I also make banana bread and I finally made my first banana bread like last week nice. and I think I Instagrammed it. So I think you did. I, think I bought a new pan and it was so beautiful. I bought it. So our friend Amy Clark from momadvice.com posted on her, I think her Instagram, a picture of like a zucchini bread she had made in this beautiful pan. I think it's called, it's from, uh, is it Nordicware? Nordicware. Thank yeah. you. I was thinking Milton or something. That's not right. Um, and it's like wheat and loaves or something is the so name it's of the like pan. a molded it's a molded it's a, yes uh, bread pan yes and i saw it and was like this is so gorgeous i never make impulse uh cookware per bakeware purchases like ever but i just wanted it so bad like i just thought oh my gosh i'm gonna put a, a bread out and it's gonna be so beautiful and so what ended up happening was i made two loaves one in the beautiful pan and one in the you know just regular pan and i yeah. made the kids eat the regular one first <laughs> and then finally they're like so can we, um, can we eat this other one? And I was like, well, I mean, have you all looked at it enough? Has everyone admired it enough? And yes, everyone had. So we ate them both. I loved it. It was so pretty. We <laughs> yes, will, it really is. Maybe that, that photo will maybe become the, you know, the signature photo for this episode. <gasps> Ooh, that's very flattering. Yes. Let's do that. All right. How about you? Well, I just, a couple come to mind. First of all, our weather does not get cold till Christmas. Let's be honest. Maybe Thanksgiving. So and let's also be honest about what cold means for you. Right. Well, our winter feels like your fall. So right. it would be okay. cool, but not frozen. Nothing right. freezes here. Um, but even the even the change doesn't really happen, I would say, after Halloween and then the time changes. So by early November, um, which is only a couple of weeks away when you're listening to this, by early November, then the the darkness earlier makes you feel like it's cooler um, and the right. mornings are cool and stuff. So um, just a couple come to mind for me. Chili as well. So I have a recipe from America's Test Kitchen's family cookbook, and it is the best chili uh, I love it. It's just like, it's everything I like in a chili. There's some beans, but it's not super bean heavy. There's some meat, but it's not super meat heavy. There's some veggies. It's just so, so yummy. It's a little bit spicy. Um, and I can link that up. I'm sure I have before. So that always makes an appearance. My mother-in-law always visits around Halloween. That's Brian's birthday. So I feel like without even intentionally making it this way, I feel like it's kind of a tradition to make it when she comes, it feels like mm. when someone's coming to stay with you, I don't know. And I, I also love the trappings of a chili dinner. So I love either, either really like yummy French bread or cornbread, like corn either bread. one, um, and, and then all the toppings. Like I want, I want everything on my chili. I want avo like fresh avocado. I want sour Ooh. cream, cheese, onions, like literally mm. all the things crumbled. It's kind of like, a, it's kind of like a delicious, like hot dog with a bunch of junk on top, only no hot dog. Right. And I don't but like all the same hot stuff. dogs, but yes. And then chili <laughs> left over, like chili the next day is the best. Yeah. So that one. And then we also have a little tradition. Um, I call it making pumpkin soup. It's not actually pumpkin soup. It's a butternut squash with apple, bacon, and sage. It's a pureed oh soup. It's so yummy. And my favorite, um, I've talked about it on the show before, but one of my favorite book children's books is called pumpkin soup. And so I always tell the kids that it's the like the first like night that we really feel like it's fall. I think this year it was October 1st. Then we make that soup and we call it pumpkin soup and we read the story. So that was, we've already done that, that this year. It's yeah. a great tradition. Yeah. You know what? I have not, since I've moved into this new house, so now it's not new anymore. I've been here a year and a half. I have not used my immersion blender like really at all. And I used to use it all the time. I think I, like I put it in a drawer where I don't ever open that drawer. And literally forgot that I have it, but it's so good for things like squash soups, yeah. any kind of blended soup. It's just so handy. And I need to like get it out. I need to just lay it in front of me so I don't forget I have it next time I'm 
grocery shopping. Don't you feel like it's kind of magic? Like, don't you feel like every oh time you use the immersion blender, you're like, I can't believe I have an immersion blender. Like, it just and I can't like, believe I did this with yes. this little thing. And now all I have to do is pop the end off and put it in the dishwasher. Yes. I, I think we even have the same one because I think we've talked about this before. It's so funny. Yes. Yeah, it's just the stick. I can't remember the name of mine, but I think we've talked about it on the show a few times, actually. So I think mine's yeah. a Cuisinart, but I think we have this. I don't think one. blended yeah. chili would be very good, though. No, oh, gosh, no. That sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> we are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest. I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day, and it could seriously use a refresh. But you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately, the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather. But please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown Loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Bionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya Vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves, so they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's Chewable Kids Vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. All right. So we're back and uh, I have a question about scheduling and weeknight schedules because this is all related, right? You can't feed the people these wonderful fall inspired meals nope. <laughs> if they are not in your house and around the table at the appropriate time. So exactly. I'd love to talk a little bit about what our week, our weeknight schedules have been this fall now that we're well into the school year and how that has affected our dinner serving abilities. And I will go first and just say it's been a rough one. It's been a rough one this fall. Um, we have a lot of extra things for various reasons, and they're all good things. Um, but it either means we're running around in the evenings when we would be eating the dinner or we're running around in the afternoons when I would be prepping and making the dinner. There's very maybe one night a week where it just feels like 
okay, we're home from school. We've had a snack and now I have a couple of hours to think about dinner. And I, I would prefer that ratio to be more like three or four of the days are like, that. doesn't it feel amazing when that ha- night yeah. happens? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it has been hard and I guess on the upside, I'll say it has forced us into some real meal planning, um, to really identify what makes sense to make which night. And that's something, I mean, if you've been listening a long time, it's always kind of a challenge for me, but something I've tried to get better at and it's been necessity. So that's been good. And we've also been pretty good about cooking most nights, even if we're not going to be eating altogether. So like we will make the thing that we said we were going to make and maybe two kids eat it early and one kid and the grownups eat it later. And we kind of do that thing in shifts and that's okay. Cause those are kind of two different things like making meals from scratch or whole foods or whatever your goals are is one thing sitting and eating at the same time is another. And they maybe don't have to be like all in one direction or the other. Yeah. I, First of all, I feel you because mm-hmm. it's there's always like you have this feeling coming into the season, this uh, misplaced optimism <laughs> that the things that you've chosen to do aren't going to take up the amount of time they take up. Yeah. But between the even like stupid stuff, like getting everyone out of the house and into the car just takes more time than you think. And like mm-hmm. just the, all the process and like the getting there and the getting back and then the transitions between car and house, it just it takes time. So I have been there Thank this you. year for whatever reason. Well, I know what the reason I just didn't do anything (laughs) like this year. I I was just lazy. And um, after so after the the back to school night madness, which for us was three Monday night meetings in a row. Yeah, that's kind um, of elementary uh, up, you know, (laughs) middle. uh, Yeah, middle and and high school. So there was three Mondays and I was so resentful, so resentful about those meetings, like almost to like a shameful degree, actually. (laughs) Cause I was like, oh my gosh, it's September. All I want to do is September now. Yes. I don't want to do this. I want to like be sitting at home eating meals. But anyway, since then there's been almost nothing on the weeknights. I have the kids, which are Sunday nights, Monday nights, and Tuesday nights. And then they'll come to my house Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday after school, but they don't typically, they're not really here for dinner right. on those days. So it's really just those three nights. And I really haven't had anything I've had to do almost any of those nights. And it's been delightful. I've had plenty of time to cook most days And that's helped me get back on track. But I will say one thing, other falls have been very different. And I always try to remember that that time period when you feel super stressed will go by. Like that's, that's like, we talk about this all the time, but you are in it right now. So you hate it and it feels bananas to you, but like pretty soon that will just be a memory in your rearview mirror and you'll be into winter. And then, you know, like maybe you'll be looking forward to having more going on. So it's always that delicate balance. Agreed. Agreed. And I think I'm speaking from probably like eight weeks into a 12 week sprint that I'm like, right. oh my gosh, I can't, I can't even make it to the finish line. Um, well, let's talk about if there are any products or services that are making mealtime easier this fall. Do you have anything to mention? Um, well, I talked about my knives earlier. I finally got around to sharpening them. I mean, so they're not, they're not really products. It's more like utilizing the products the way they're supposed to be used. Right. You know, I cannot believe that I was using these knives. <laughs> Before I sharpened them, because the minute I sharpened them, I was like, oh my gosh, look at this. I'm cutting meat and it's actually going through the meat. Um, so that was a good move on my part. Same knives, new sharpness. Now, did you, um, did you take them out to have them sharpened? No, I just used my, like I have the, um, balancer thing. Like it comes with a knife block. Like okay. it's got the balancer and okay. the sharpener. Yes. Um, I just use that and I'm sure it could be better if I spent the money and took them someplace. I don't even know around here where I would do that. It'd probably be even better, but just taking like 10 minutes yeah. to sharpen every single knife and balance every single knife in the block made it makes, a big difference. It makes a huge difference. We actually have a knife sharpener that's 
kind of, it's like, it was a hundred dollars or something. It's, it's like for people who really care about their knives, but it is, it makes an unbelievable difference. And I think you can take them places and I don't think it's very expensive to have them sharpened, but then you'd have to go take them someplace. Yeah. That's always the stuff, but you know, this summer or this fall, I've determined that I'm going to go get my boots resold, get my a coat I love rezippered because the zipper is broken. And maybe like that could be in one of those in that same mental yeah. space. Get yeah. my knives sharpened professionally. Like, like yeah, maintenance. This is stuff I don't always do when I should. Um, okay, so there's that. And then shipped. I'm still using it pretty regularly. And I'm trying to figure out, I've been feeling kind of guilty about it, honestly, because I don't really need it anymore. I don't need the convenience of grocery delivery. And I love the inexpensiveness of Aldi, but I just, I have a really hard time. I'm so habitual about stuff like grocery shopping and routine oriented that it's very hard for me to go half cease, right? Mm -hmm. So it's hard for me to go, well, I'll use shipped when I need it and I'll use Aldi the rest of the time. Because in my mind, I'll always need shipped until I decide I don't need it anymore and I'm not going to use it anymore. So I'm playing with some ideas about how to wean myself off of it, but I haven't gotten there yet. How about you? Well, well, that's funny you mentioned that because I have so far held off on any kind of grocery delivery because I don't mind going to the store. I actually enjoy it and it's not a pain point for me. So I've held off except this fall and I'm totally doing half seas. I'm doing the thing that you said you don't usually do. So I still Trader Joe's is still my go to, but I've been doing Amazon Fresh. And first of all, it took me a long time to figure out the difference between Amazon Fresh and Amazon Now. And I still don't really understand it, except Amazon Now sends a real shopper to your local Whole Foods. So I think if I were doing meat and like everything, I think that would, first of all, it's, it's more expensive, but it's like sending someone to Whole Foods for you. That is not what I'm doing. I'm doing Amazon Fresh, which comes from their distribution centers, but you can still get refrigerated like grocery store items because Amazon owns Whole Foods and has a whole you know grocery department now. So I do Trader Joe's regularly, weekly, and then I have a few things that I have started ordering from Amazon Fresh, and they sort of just replace a a quick run to another grocery store. There's a couple of deli meats that kids like in their lunches. It's like a list of six or seven things that I have been doing, and so that is my foray into grocery delivery, which I was like the latest adopter ever, but it's been great. I probably (laughs) do it every other week, Um, but it's such a nice mid- like mid grocery as things start to deplete, I can hop in there and order a few things. And it's either same day um, or if it's later in the day that I'm ordering, it might be the next day. Um, yeah, it's great. I have no complaints about Amazon Fresh. Well, one thing I thought I think might help me and I, I we don't have Amazon Fresh here. Obviously, we don't even have Whole Foods here. So right. that's not going to be an option for me. But but ship works similarly just at Meyer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been thinking about going to Aldi just like once a month or maybe twice a month to get like school snacks. Yeah. And stuff that like, where they really knock it out of the park? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't need to go. I mean, they do have cheap milk and eggs and all that, but that's okay. Like, that's not, I'm not going through th- as so much milk yeah. and eggs and that, those things. But like, for things like crackers and cereal and snacky things for the kids' lunches, like th- that stuff really adds up. Yeah. So I was thinking maybe just going there, but then I would have to honestly have a closet space devoted. Yeah, to I was going to say keeping that. Keeping it away from the kids and keeping <laughs> it out of my kitchen, which is teeny. Um, so this is going to be a system I'm going to have to put in place. But I think you I think I could actually save about a hundred or two hundred bucks a month if I was like careful about that. Yeah, so it's no. worth it. I just need to do it. Yeah, I, that's with so many things, right? You just got right. to put it on yeah, the calendar. Um, well, I have a couple other producty servicey type things to mention real quick. Uh, so I alluded to ButcherBox and this is uh, not a sponsor, though. That would be wonderful if they want to sponsor this podcast. Hello. Um, <laughs> Brian took this upon himself. And the way I understand it is 
the quality of the meat is more of your sustainably farmed grass fed, like those types of things, but at a price point that is more like regular grocery store prices. Um, and it comes frozen. It all Mm -hmm. comes frozen and kind of shrink wrapped and you can choose what goes in your box and you can choose when it comes like many other box services. So Brian has taken the lead on that, but I, we have really gotten into a groove with having it in the freezer and we have an extra freezer space. So that works for us. And then the key is deciding what to thaw when, and we were talking about how shrimp thaws really quickly. So that's good. Some things, um, thaw very, very slowly. You might need to thaw it slowly in the fridge for a whole day. Um, and it, the quality of the proteins is really noticeable. I will say even like chicken breast and we've been doing a lot of chicken wings. The kids love chicken wings and Brian will bake them and then do a couple different sauce options, like an Asian and a barbecue. And you and I were just talking in real life about how we chicken don't. wings. Yes. We had this whole conversation. To, they have to be worth the mess. That's how I feel about yeah. them. Like the, the it's flavor. It's a lot of work for not very much meat. So what I'll say is these wings have a lot of good meat. And so it has made it makes it worth oh. the mess. And my kids love chicken wings for some reason. And we've, we've been able to do them fairly healthy. So butcher box, I don't have any affiliation and, and I don't even like know all the details because Brian has kind of done it, but I have been very impressed with the proteins themselves. And it's made us try some new things. Like he's gotten scallops once and he'll get bacon and things that I don't usually pick up in the regular grocery runs. And then we're like, Oh, well let's use this. Let's, let's see what we have in the freezer and what to do with it. So it's sort of like upwardly spiraled our meal planning because we maybe have a few proteins that I wouldn't have picked out at the store. So that's been a good one. Um, and then I have to give a shout out to two different Trader Joe's fall products, because what is a food episode in fall without, (laughs) without this, there is a herbal tea. So it's called Trader Joe's harvest blend herbal tea. And it is a little bit, um, spicy, almost like having like a cider, but no sugar, of course, it's just tea. And that I have already decided will be my, my winter, go to herbal tea when it's And you're going to send me some, right? I am. I almost brought you some when we were together, but I thought the box would get smushed and the box has a little fox on it. And that's the cutest. It is on Amazon. This is really funny. There are Trader Joe's items that are on Amazon. And so I just saw it. What's not on Amazon? I know. (laughs) And it's it's like three times as expensive. I think this tea was $2 and 69 cents for a box. And on Amazon, it's $10. It's like, come on. Um, And then the other one is this Trader Joe's maple and sea salt kettle corn popcorn in a bag. And I love anything salty sweet. And I like kettle corn. This takes kettle corn to another level. It's like more sweet and more salty at the same time. And it's gone. Like you open the bag and it's gone. It's it's an indulgence, but it's delicious. So there you go. That sounds fantastic. I have to ask you a quick question. Again, I'm taking us on a little tangent. Do you have fruit fly season where you are? Uh, you know, No, I don't think there's really a season. Actually, regular houseflies is late summer and still now. There's like one buzzing around as I record. But fruit fruit flies, no. I feel like unless I had rotting fruit out on my counter, I don't really have an issue. Right now is like aggressive fruit fly season in Michigan and probably all over the Midwest. And so if you leave like like a delicious um, sweet bread sitting out Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, some a bunch of bananas or like an apple with a little tiny bruise in it or a glass of wine or a cup of tea. Like they're everywhere mm-hmm. and it does kind of put a damper. Yeah. So do you say. keep fruit? Do you, what, what kind of produce do you keep out at room temperature? All fr- I always keep all fruit out. I yeah. prefer to keep tomatoes out when I can. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of depends on the you know time of year here. And like the only produce I would put in the fridge would be stuff like 
Grapes or berries, yeah. things that spoil easily, but pretty much everything else would go in a drawer or out on the table. So it is a challenge for sure. Yeah. No, and me too. And I wonder, um, I know when I go to my parents' house, I'm like, why is all of this fruit in the fridge? And I think it's like totally just a preference thing. So they keep apples and pears and oranges, like all kinds of stuff in the fridge. And I'm like, what? Oh. Yeah. I now, need- we, we do yeah. put oranges in the fridge. I don't know why. I think that's like First, maybe because Midwesterners don't know what to do with citrus fruit. <laughs> it's truly could be that. So we don't know what to do. So we're like, I guess fridge. I don't It's soft inside. Uh, but everything else, like I would never eat an apple out of the fridge. If you ever offer me an apple out of the fridge at your mom's house, I'll yep. probably politely say no. Thank you. And then put it down and, and go back to it like three hours later. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. So apples, yeah. I'm looking right now at my kitchen. Apples, pears, bananas, tomatoes, avocado, lemon, pepper. Um, Peppers from our garden, not bell. I do keep bell peppers in the fridge, although mm-hmm. you could keep those out. I keep um, potatoes and onions in the pantry, low down. Those they're at least out of the warm, so it's like it's like a cellar. But I keep those <laughs> out of the fridge too. Interesting. Yeah. I don't even know how we got there. Um, uh, talk about fruit flies. Yeah, you know. So looking ahead to fall and even a little bit of holidays, are there any kind of mealtime traditions that you look forward to, or something that you're you have your eye on this year? So I haven't made stew yet, um, okay. but definitely that's on the docket. Probably after the next time I do grocery shopping. I feel like stew meat typically starts going on sale um, pretty frequently this time of year. So I'll hit that up. I, and just in general, roast and all that. I love that the house will smell like onion and garlic like mm-hmm. for like the next six months. Yes. And every time we go out, we I'm sure we reek. <laughs> um, but like, I don't care because it smells so good inside my house. And one thing I knew I wanted to add, I think the boy, the boys can cook. They're, they're all the old of the boys and Clara can help, but I don't really ask them on a regular basis. Like I don't say, Hey guys, it's Monday night. It's time for the kids to cook. And I think giving them one night a week would be a fun way to shake things up and yeah. like kind of force them to be on their toes and also kind of help them learn that like cleaning as you go is a good idea and figure out all the teamwork stuff. So that's something that's going to take some work to implement because remember the episode we just did pretty recently about like how older kids, well, how all of our kids interact. It was the one I think about talking about not everything being equal. No, I think it was one about not everything being equal and how some kids will try to get out of the hard work and some kids will take the leadership role. And so I have to be ready for that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like I have to be prepared to either like leave the house for two hours and just let them work it out or kind of coach from a distance. And I haven't figured out what I want to do. So I'm like putting it off, but I want to do that for sure. Yeah. I think that's, I I love that. And and that's something that you know, you could do anytime. It's not tied to a holiday or like a particular meal. I love that. Um, well, I talked about our pumpkin soup night. That's sort of like a kickoff to fall. And we already did that. It was, we had this great week of weather where I think it was, okay. So the first real day of fall is September 23rd or something. And then it was that whole last week of September into the very beginning of October. And it really felt like fall here. The mornings were really cool. And the daytime highs were it just felt like fall. And then of course it got warm again. So it was perfect because it just like, it accelerated wanting to do all of the fallish things. Um, and so we did our pumpkin soup and read the pumpkin soup book. We did that tradition already. I really love planning the Thanksgiving meal. Like I really, it's Thanksgiving mm. stretches me beyond my norm. And there's something about it being, you have a whole week or a whole day to cook that just removes all the things I don't love about everyday cooking so right. um, I am looking forward to that. We'll be at my parents and we will have my mom's youngest sister, my aunt, and she is a really good cook. And she is known in the family for being able to make dinner roll, like homemade dinner rolls 
Um, I guess like my great grandmother used to make them. I don't even know whose recipe she has, but it's, it's kind of well-known. And I Reed and I tried to make Parker house rolls last Thanksgiving and they turned out okay, but, uh, not great. Anything with yeast and rising is hard. Yeah. So, um, they were, it was a good challenge, but I would like to do something like that. I feel like Thanksgiving's like a skills challenge. So it's fun for me. So I, I do look forward to that. And, you know, not every year is exactly the same in what we make, but I always look forward to kind of like the novelty and the challenge of finding something to make. So. That's fun. I, the time, the years that I have also done that have been very fun. Yeah. Um, I have to be in the mindset for it and in the right space for it. But yeah, it is a lot of fun. Well, even the magazines this time of year, I think last year yeah. I went out and bought a bunch of magazines. This is when I buy magazines. Yeah. This is magazine season for the next few months for yeah, me. So totally. Um, well, I was going to extend this and see if either of us have any goals or like intentions for fall cooking this year. I know like it's, we're heading into really busy, uh, eating food season. And so that can be a good time to just state eating some food season, eating food season, <laughs> feeding family season, but I can go first. Um, yeah, go ahead. well, I think what I meant there is it's easy to be like, well, the year's almost over. We're sliding into, you know, baked goods and right. heavy meals. And, you know, we, we still have like two and a half months left of the year. So it doesn't all have to be a, a slide down. Um, I think for me, I would like to get out the crock pot more and do some it for me, the crock pot, the slow cooker, I have to have a recipe, which means I have to look ahead at a recipe and buy for that recipe. And I'm just really bad at doing that with the crock pot. So, um, I would like to do that, especially with our busy fall schedule. So that's a little, um, goal for me as much prep ahead on the weekend as we can do. We're getting better at it, but we just don't always do it. And then I accidentally have developed uh, an afternoon Starbucks habit this fall, which is so funny because <laughs> everybody knows I love coffee, but I make my own coffee. I don't spend money on fancy coffee like ever, ever, ever. And uh, the Starbucks nitro cold brew, if you are familiar, it comes out like a beer comes out of a tap. It comes out with like this almost like Force. a like a frothy foam on top, but it's yeah. cold brew coffee that's compressed with air. Like so it comes out anyway. It's like $4 and 50 cents. And it was like a once every two weeks thing. And then all of a sudden I fell down this slippery slope. So this has nothing to do with um, feeding my family, but in terms of a goal or a resolution that is um, financially not a smart habit to be in. And I enjoy making coffee at home. There's no reason I don't need to go get that. And it has become like embarrassingly frequent, but I will go back and blame the after school schedule. I'm often running around in the car and mm -hmm. then Starbucks just like is in front of me and I don't know what happened. I think when your schedule shifts, you will find that that easily drops off because no one at home, if you were already settled in at home doing your thing, yeah. it's not like you're going to get in your car and no. drive to Starbucks. It's just that it's right in front of you. Yes. So I get you. Yeah. Um, well, mine's similar. It's not necessarily the first one isn't really related to the kids necessarily. Um, the kids and I barely ever eat out together. We always eat at home. We eat healthy. We don't even pick up fast food or pizza very, like very rare, like maybe once a month, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, but when they're gone, I have a really bad habit of going out to eat. Part of it is social. Like part of it is I like they're gone. I feel a little anxious and like a little bit at loose ends. I want to go out and talk to somebody or just not be in my house eating alone. But a lot of it's also I just forget to plan mm -hmm. for myself. So like I do the meal planning and my I have this like let's use up all the food. You guys are going to be gone for three days. And then I use up all the food and then they're gone. And I'm like, Oh wait, yeah. what about me? Um, now if I did any planning, I could, there's something for me to eat and I'm mm -hmm. not picky on my own. I could make an omelet and be very happy, but I just, 
I don't take it to that next step. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Um, I would like to become more intentional about inviting other people to my house to eat because it is often social and I don't have a lot of space. So when I moved into the small house, I kind of stopped having like people. Actually, I would say when I got divorced, I kind of stopped having people over because at that point I was just crazy hectic. Like I didn't even like being in my house. I was like hiding in my bedroom all the time. And then we moved and I'm in this teeny house. I'm very comfortable in this house, but it's small. But I mean, I could definitely have one or two friends over, especially if the kids aren't here. Like, I don't have to overthink it. It doesn't have to be a big deal. So that's one thing that I would like to make a winter thing. And it could also be brunch. It doesn't have to be dinner or something like that. Right. Um, And then here's an idea that's kind of weird and counter to like eating healthy. But I never make dessert. I just don't think about it. I'm not a big like I like dessert, but I'm not someone who eats sweets every day. Yeah. um, Or even I mean, twice a month, maybe I'll mm-hmm. have dessert. So the kids are always like, how can we never have dessert? And Clara and I have been watching the British baking show together. And I think she would really get into it if I made something or if we made something together. So I just know for kids, there's something so special about yeah. your mom making you like a baked treat that yeah. you eat after dinner. And I would like to do that. I just don't ever, it's never part of my plan. It's yeah. the time I would think, oh, like, oh, I'll make brownies. Well, there's already some something in the oven. So now I have to wait and make right. it after dinner. So I just need to get, I just need to like kind of put it on, almost put it on my calendar. Yeah. I yeah. I, um, my, the girls both love to bake. So I feel like that has not been, it, it's in front of my face all the time. In fact, they ask to bake all the time. And sometimes I have to decide like how messy do I want the kitchen and how much sugar do I want them to have? But it has kind of removed any baking from me because I'm usually, if yeah. they do it together, they're independent. Allegra can do anything from scratch. Um, so it's funny because there is baking in my kitchen quite a bit, but not necessarily me. So that's, I love that. And I love your intention of having people over. That's such like a good cozy one for fall. Hey, um, okay. Last question. And we started this episode talking about what's on our table this fall. So I would like to know what literally is on your dining room or kitchen table, like tablescape. Do you like to change it out for fall? And then if it isn't the perfect fall table right now, do you have any aspirations? Um, okay. So on my table, literally at this moment, and when I saw this question in the outline, I did not go move anything <laughs> in order to make it more podcastable. This is real. So I, I got a pumpkin couple, uh, colored tablecloth at TJ Maxx like okay. two weeks ago. It was just plain orange. I mean, pla- plain like solid. orange, solid orange. And then I got some really cute um, plaid orange. Well, they're like that checkered plaid, like the buffalo, yes, I guess I is what they call it. Mm-hmm orange tan and like this kind of smoky blue color um, cloth napkins. And those are like kind of stacked up on the table. And then I've got this flowered ceramic fruit bowl. I always have on my table. A friend sent it to me from Mexico. Like I'm going to say 15 years. I was thinking 10, but when I really did the math, I think it was like 13 or 14 years ago. So I always have that on my table. I really, really like it. Um, Unfortunately, currently it is full of junk like at least the ratio of junk to fruit is like 50, 50, if not like 70% junk yeah. to 30% fruit. So there's really no room. I have like a six person table unless I put a leaf in. Okay. Um, so there's no room for anything else on my table unless I move it every time we eat. And that's our only eating table. So mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't put anything else on the table unless I move the fruit bowl. I could just clean the fruit bowl. Yes. Or you I could, could put, take all um, the stuff out and put it somewhere put some else. Like, decorative pumpkins in the fruit bowl and then even have fruit mixed in there. That would be kind of pretty. Then it would be like half decorative, half functional. 
Yeah, and I what I really also should probably what I would really like to do is find a way to kind of arrange the really pretty napkins kind of in the bowl oh, yeah. behind whatever else is in the bowl because right now they're just kind of stacked up next to it. It's fine. It looks cute when you come and you can see them from across the room. It's really pretty, but like I, I want to be a little more intentional about that. And I what I might do is just move the fruit bowl, do something fun um with the napkins and maybe some gourds or something and then yeah. move it back. I haven't I haven't gotten that far in my harvest theme decorating yet. Yes. Well, there is still, there is still much time. We've still got time. Yes. Well, I have two tables. I have a kitchen table, which is where we eat most of our meals and where I work. And then we do have a dining room, like a more formal dining room, also known as the Lego room or the Pokemon room. Um, But I do have a couple. So in the kitchen right now, it's a mess. There's still stuff from the conference we went to and it, it hasn't even been wiped off yet today. But ideally the kitchen table I have a little kind of mustard yellow. It's not, it's a, it's not quite a runner. It's like a long skinny dish towel almost. And it came from Brian's like great grandmother. It's, it's somebody's old linen, which I love. And, um, yeah. and so it's just mustard yellow and like, kind of like a mini runner. And then on top of that, I have this little black tray and some faux pumpkins and a little dish of candy corn. On that. So it looks Anna candle from bed, bath and beyond like a fall candle. So when, when I'm, on my game, the table would be wiped down and that would be kind of a little centerpiece. And then it's small enough that we could eat around it or just move it to a counter while we eat. So that's the kitchen yeah. table. And that'll stay that way, at least through Halloween. And I do like to change out. I don't do a tablecloth, but I try to do some little tray or something in the middle of the kitchen table. And then in the dining room, I was really excited about this this year, although I have I don't feel like I've appreciated the look of it yet. At Trader Joe's, I got um, some pumpkins, good sized pumpkins, not the mini ones, not quite big enough to carve, but maybe somewhere in the middle. Only I got all green and white. So they're like the white ones with kind of green, I don't know, stripes almost. Yeah, like like little little tinges. Yes. And I I stuck to that color palette, even though there's so many cool, different looking pumpkins. I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to stick to one uniform look and they're green and white. I'll have to put a picture up and they're big. And they're, I got, I don't know, like maybe 10 of them. And so they're just strewn across the middle of the dining room table and that's it. So I got this idea from the girl next door podcast. I think last year, Erica talked about, um, just having a whole bunch of pumpkins in the center of your table. And it sounds so simple, but I I think of like a tablescape that's got to be sort of like very intentional and everything. And this is like, this is the opposite. It's like a bunch of pumpkins, but because they're green and white, it has a kind of a cool look because it's not orange. And that mm-hmm. room has a lot of greens and blues. So that's kind of fun. I'll put a picture up. I just feel like we haven't had a dinner in there or done anything. So really, it's just like a bunch of pumpkins on the table, but it looks nice. I don't know how, what the pumpkin harvest is like where you are, but we have a ton of like little pumpkin stands all over the place. That's one thing this area is very abundant in. Okay. And the colors are so cool. Like they have the ones that are like so deep orange, they're almost like a red. Oh, um, some that are like purpley looking like they're really, you can really have a lot of fun with just going outside of your typical orange. Yeah. And the streaky ones are really, really fun. And I've done that before. Just like laid a, like just throwing a bunch of crap all over the diet. And I yeah. also have a, a record player right next to like a, a console uh-huh. vintage record player right next to my dining room table. And that's another place that can take the overflow sometimes. Cause my, you know, my table has to seat quite yes. a lot of people and there's yeah. not a lot of room at it and I don't like have an Island. So yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, pumpkins are, and you can leave pumpkins up until whenever. Yes, you can. They make the transition they don't all have, the way. Yeah, they, don't, they make the transition yeah, all. all the way through Thanksgiving. Although not outside where we are. They, the, if they get a lot of direct sun, they'd get squishy at this time of year. Well, and here, if they freeze, they will rot and then animals will come yes. have their way with them. 
<laughs> yeah. All right. Well, it's time to wrap up. I asked you to pick a cue it up for our final segment of the show. What'd you choose for us? Yeah. So last year, right around this time, we talked about Halloween costumes and you and Katie also talked about Halloween picture books in episode 177. And I was just realizing, like, I feel like I'm right on the cusp of when Halloween costumes are going to become not a thing in my house. I don't know when it's going to happen because all kids decide at different ages, but I would say definitely the boys have been sporadically interested for the last two or three years. So I'm going to think Clara's probably going to get there pretty quick too. So those episodes always make me really nostalgic. That's a great pick. I remember we went back and talked about like everything our kids have ever been, which if you add up all our kids and all the Halloweens, there's some good costume ideas in there. Um, And the picture book segment, I know I talked about pumpkin soup in this episode, so you can go hear more about Halloween picture books. So that is a good one. We will link it up in the show notes, or you can just scroll back in your podcast player app and look for it about this time last year, 2018. Yep. All right, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And as a reminder, you can always get in touch with us by emailing hello at themomhour.com. And we will be back with you soon with another new episode. Talk to you then. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction, and Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Hi everyone, Megan here. Sarah and I would absolutely love it if you would hit pause right now, like right where you're listening, and leave the Mom Hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, this is one of the biggest ways you can thank us, and it really only takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening to Apple Podcasts, you can navigate to the Mom Hours show listing. So when you're in the episode you're listening to right now, click where it says the Mom Hour just above the play button, and then scroll all the way to the bottom, and you will see the ratings and reviews. We would love if you would leave us one as well. Thank you so much for listening.